Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? <laughs> happy Tuesday. We're here hey. a little earlier today. Awesome. Steve, happy May 5th. Cinco May de 5th. Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. And, wow. and, and something for you, Revenge of the 5th, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Revenge of the 5th. I didn't even know about that one. May the 4th be with you yesterday. But uh, always prepared. Hold on. Give me a little. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, yes, Darth. Revenge of the fifth. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. So you don't even you don't even know what the Sith are, do you? It's kind of a. I do not know. Star Wars no. reference goes right over your head. <laughs> right over. Boom. You know, and I don't even feel bad about it. You know, that's no, <laughs> I, you don't ever seem guilty at all for not knowing these things. No, I do not. So how I you do doing? Not. So I'm doing well, so doing well. So obviously, welcome everybody. Uh, we, we are a little earlier today. Uh, we had to accommodate uh, people's schedules. And uh, so I'm happy to do that, obviously. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so doing very, very well. Um, and, oh, I had something else going in the background there. But uh, yeah. Sound like just, me. Sound like you have, you have yeah. a, my twin over there somewhere? <laughs> something like that, something like that. <laughs> something about going on about the, you know, the uh, may the fourth be with you or something. I don't know. I I know. But shout out, shout out to our contributors uh onyx equities and uh, space t uh, and i did just publish a video uh which i did with the co-founder of space t akash ravi on workplace digital solutions and how they can help in the return to the office environment so it's a really good a really good watch and i encourage people to go and uh and, and take a quick watch a lot that. of technology a lot of tools it's time yeah. everybody's really getting serious about making the plans at least to get back into our built environment and taking care of our occupants. So yeah, where are you on that process? I know iOffice is doing some things for our customers. I got a busy slate of webinars this week where we're giving our product roadmap and things that we would normally have done at our user conference last month, which was canceled, unfortunately, but we're going to get in front of our customers, share with them, you know, where we're headed with the product and what we can do to help them in this particular climate of of COVID-19 and managing that for their spaces. But um, have you been knee deep in that internally with your real estate team or, or where do you stand as far as just the timeline of things? Absolutely knee deep in it for sure. And that's why it's so good that, you know, a lot of the technology companies, software and workplace analytic companies are actually bringing out all these updates. Um, and it's, it's so vital to, you know, um, like you just articulated, like Akasha in the, in, in the actual uh, video, planning's a huge element of it, right? So how do you plan for that? And the complexities of it, we've spoke about it previously, right? Because it, every location, every city, every office is just so different, um, but we are knee deep in it. And it's, and it's really, how do you put the protocols around the safe return to office? How do you allow employees or enable employees to feel safe, to feel it is okay? And I think more and more people are starting to feel um, there is a method and a way to get back and open up offices. I think now what is sort of the talking points are more of, well, how do you get people from their homes to the office safely? Mm -hmm. And there's obviously been a lot of a lot of talk around in large cities like New York City, where everyone is so reliant on public transport. And how do you safely navigate through the city, um, through the subway and feel safe? Um, and it's and it's going to be an interesting way to to get around that. I'm sure some organizations will be leveraging the likes of uh, Uber, Lyft um, to allow employees come into the office. Those who need, who want to come into the office. Oh, interesting. And I think and I think also organizations that look at um, where people live will be able to um, 
allow those folks to come in safely as well. So if you're close proximity to the office, then hopefully that will be fine. But it's that's not the downplay, the the preparation, the planning, and what's still needed to be done. But you know, the updates to the various tools that are actually are being used within the workplace, the the digital solutions are a great help. Um, and again, it's this is the pre-planning phase. But then once you know, uh, stay-at-home orders are are lifted and local cities and organizations make the decisions that people can return to work it then becomes into how do you actively monitor these things right so how do we actively give employees the feeling of safety how do we understand how many people are going into the office um, and then plan that accordingly because as that data is sort of unfolded and we get the ability to see how many people are coming into the office then that allows you feedback where then you can make future decisions on the workplace so what does the future of workplace look like for every organization and i think you know there hasn't been too many organizations have sort of uh, made quick decisions on what they want to do with their real estate portfolios i think some of the right. smaller companies have been able to be quicker afoot right because in essence this, they're very small and maybe but they were using one or two offices so it became a very easy decision for them but uh, i think that's what's that's what's going to be interesting yeah, it is interesting. And I promised you an update a few weeks ago when we were talking about the iOffice development team putting together some solutions based on what our customers were telling us. We do a customer advisory board and ask them what the primary tools are going to need to get them, their organizations back to the workplace in, in the coming weeks and months. And, and we took that advice and, and put together an enhancement to our product called SpaceWrite. I'm now able to tell you it's called SpaceWrite. And it's pretty cool. I'm still learning about it, but it's basically a toggle switch that allows you to reorganize your floor plan to put in safe distancing measures. So depending on what your organization needs, um, whether it's six feet, 12 feet or more, you could take an existing layout with that seats maybe you know, 500 people, hit the space right button, and all of a sudden the algorithm reconfigures all the open you know, the desks, the workstations, the conference rooms, the uh, huddle rooms, and, and creates a, a new floor plan showing you where people can uh, work safely and, and keep their distance and also have shifts. You could program in shifts and employees. So it's, a, it's this thing that it was a very manual process. I heard from a lot of our clients in the early days, they were taking their floor plans or CAD, their CAD drawings, reconfiguring those, presenting them to leadership. And they say, yeah, that looks good, but, but give me an option for a different you know, uh, distance or, or a different setup. And it became another manual, you know, long process. This is a, a toggle switch, which is very quick. So looking forward to hearing the feedback. We're going to do a webinar today to our existing customers and tomorrow, and then launch it next week to the, uh, the general population. But it's uh, those types of things, those innovations, those creative ideas that are going to have to be the tools in the, in the tool belt of workplace leaders everywhere to, to do this. But the piece about the commute is something I hadn't considered. I know that New York is certainly highly dependent on the subway system. And I heard that the mayor and the governor are trying to do more to clean that and keep it disinfected and so forth. But what a challenge, boy, to give people that comfort, not just in the workplace, but the, the journey from home to their work environments, wherever that may be, it's a, it's a holistic picture. And it's something that we have to consider as it's our whole new thought process. I alluded to it yesterday of, of reentering public life in whatever capacity you driving you riding your bike by uh, open restaurants and bars and, and figuring that out, me going to uh, eventually back to a movie theater uh, or to a restaurant. Uh, these are the things that, that we're all gonna have to think about and uh, be careful, hopefully, to uh, put the right 
protocols in place to keep each other safe. Because again, it's about others, not ourselves necessarily. It's keeping, it's keeping us all protected. So have you, uh, have you any more thoughts on, on our conversation yesterday and, and where things go, you know, not just in the workplace, but that's, that's the key here for our conversation. The future of work is something that's going to be different, but, but integrating our life. It's that we always talked about the integration of work life, not the balance anymore, right? The integration of the two. And boy, I think even more so, that's going to be the, the conversation going forward, integration of work and our life, and whether it's work from home, work from office. Can you imagine yourself sitting in a, a Starbucks ever again? I know that was one of the things I said last week that I would have to give up, but maybe I could find a way back into those places, those you know, work from anywhere scenarios if I felt safe. How about you? Yeah, no, and it's a great question, and I think it's it's what's going through everybody. I mean, I, I um, it's again we went back and we chatted about you know what is the great thing about Starbucks, and um, it is the experience that you get. It may not necessarily be the coffee. I, I think people would accept that Starbucks probably doesn't have the best coffee in the world, but whatever they do is they create an experience, right? And that's what gets that attractiveness through. But to take your question a little bit further is, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to get back to restaurants, be able to eat different foods rather than my home cooked foods, you know. Um, <laughs> absolutely. I, I can't wait for that. And we talked about the burgers, you know, I, I can't wait to have a burger again. Absolutely. But yeah. the biggest thing, the biggest thing that um, that I'm looking forward to, and I actually posted something on, I asked a question on LinkedIn yesterday. Okay. Um, and it was more of what, what, what gets people excited about going back to the office um, trying to get that what what are, what are what's driving people's desire to go back and the responses that I've got thus far all about social interaction ad hoc impasses with uh, with 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 employees and colleagues um, and, and and that's what it speaks to right it's the social interactions uh, someone yeah. put it nicely like just speaking to somebody who isn't in the family do you know what I mean? And that sort of speaks to face-to-face -face interaction with people who aren't in the family, people who um, just something different, right? We miss that social interaction. And I think that's, oh, what's, that's what's really important, you know? And uh, it's just interesting to see the, the various responses. They all align to, to that sort of feeling, um, which is important. But, you know, as we sort of take that what you just said and sort of the upgrades that a lot of the workplace um, digital solutions are providing, you know, whenever we look at how people are going to uh, migrate back to the office and how offices are going to be utilized over the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months, and who knows beyond, you know, I want to challenge those digital solutions to actually consider work from home. How do we capture that information and bring it all into one platform? I think whoever captures that is going to be a great tool for organizations to better assess the workplace um, yeah. the various offices, the real estate, how they're being used, you know, how happy are people within the environment, be it at home, be it uh, in an office environment. And I put that challenge out there to all the, the providers. And it's not that those are not being considered. I know that they are because everyone's evaluating, okay, what does the future of work look like? Yeah. But in essence, this, the faster we can get those tools into people's hands, then the better equipped, uh, leaders are going to be to make long-term real estate decisions. And that's not to say that those long-term real, real estate decisions are going to be made in the next three, four, five, six months. But as we move through the next six, 12, 18 months, then how are uh, organizations um, being productive, innovative, um, being collaborative, how are those things 
being triggered and being used so that actually we can make a true assessment of what is working and what is not working because yes, employees may want to remain at home, but if the organization is not benefiting from that or there is a drop off in the performance of an organization, then organizations will have to reevaluate those things. So how do we provide and collect those data points and, and put that together to allow you know, real estate professionals, uh, HR, technology professionals and leaders to actually put that message forward for their organizations. So it's a bit of a challenge there. So you can take it, it is, to high office. It is, and, but it's you know. it's also a good one because it's a long-term journey and it's something that we need to shift our mindset. In fact, you've just done it for me. I worried that a lot of the talk I do on my podcast, Workplace Innovator, we talk about the employee experience and elevating the employee experience and, and ma- managing workplaces and workplace experiences. Well, we've always said this to be true, that workplace is not necessarily the physical office. It's where you do your work. It could be that Starbucks location. It could be home. It could be a co-working space. It could be out in a public park. So workplace is something we really need to be serious about defining correctly going forward. I don't think I need to stop saying, let's do things through our technology tools, through workplace strategies, through, through, you know, all these different concepts of innovation and creativity, let's elevate the employee and workplace experience because it's gonna be an experience for us, whether it's in a physical office or just part of the time in an office or at our homes, the workplace is your home all of a sudden, my kitchen table or or my dining room table or or the the sofa down here in my little uh, studio is is the place where I do my work. So what is my experience like and, and what role does my employer have and what tools are available to make that a better one going forward in the long term? So interesting thoughts that we need to embrace the opportunity to take advantage of. That's the thing. Instead of sitting back, waiting for things to get back to the way they were, let's start thinking about making the most of the, the here and now. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a really good point because in essence, you know, if we wait to when things get to a new normal, um, who knows what that new normal looks like? Who knows what that new normal actually starts? What if this is the new normal? Then why don't we start now, right? We start now as a, as ground zero. This is the new normal. Then we move yep. from there. Then we can make the decision and organizations can make the shift to find out what their new normal or what their optimized normal looks like, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Uh, I saw some funny comments about new normal being the new cliche word and unprecedented being overly used. And I I'm guilty of both, but I published today's Tuesday, Steve. So it's a new podcast oh, yes, day. Yes. <clears throat> I got the chance to take the town hall, the FM town hall, uh, that I put together. I was a, invited to be a host of this, this, I remember the 500, people signed up for this online town hall with some FM leaders, including two folks I knew well, uh, Stormy Friday and Stan Mitchell. Stormy from here in the DC area, Stan from over in Scotland. And then this new gentleman I met, Kailash Ramesh, who is the um, in the facilities operations team at NIH. He actually cares for Dr. Fauci's office, which was really cool to hear, you know, real world experiences because they're still operating full, full slate up there at the NIH. And there are so many unsung FM heroes, but we we talked about so many of these things and the fact that, like you said, planning before, you know, phase one, before even talking about reentry plans and disinfecting the spaces is the plan. If you didn't have a plan before 
the pandemic, you're going to be in a lot more difficult space or, or place than, than getting a, a re-entry plan going based on existing protocols, existing technologies. If you had a, a solid technology foundation, uh, Kailash said, you'd be in so much better condition. And we've, we've addressed this before, but it doesn't mean it's, it can't be done, but you have to take this phased approach. Don't jump into all these solutions before you even know what your needs are going to be going, going back into the workplace. And, and the future is going to look different for different folks, depending on where you are. But it was a, it was a great conversation. And one of the things that, that I took away from that was this idea of, you know, taking it, taking our uh, long-term view and making this the new, what did Stormy call it? The new frontier. We're now living in a new frontier. It's not a new normal. And let's just treat it that way. Let's treat it like a new, you know, completely new scenario, day by day, week by week, we're going to have to adjust. And that's what, what FM and real estate leaders are good at, you know, solving problems, analyzing data, gathering information, and then putting out a, a recommendation to their leadership teams about what to do next. And, and that's what, why they pay you the big bucks, right, Steve? <laughs> I, I wish they paid me the big bucks, um, but uh, you know, I, I just aspire to, to live in the Mike Petruski world, you know, that's, yeah. that's why I'm here, you know sitting there in your ranch in, in the state of Virginia, you know, but yeah, uh, you know, as we sort of, as we sort of move through that, you know, you, you sort of take that and you go, okay, so what else can, you know, these workplace digital solutions create and is there ability to automate, right? You know, automation, can automation be an element of this? And, you know, that's obviously beyond just the workplace, but actually the organization as a whole, you know, is there automation opportunities here? Um, and I think that's something that we really need to, really consider and obviously one that sort of fits well into the workplace is business continuity planning um right. i just really wonder how many organizations had a pandemic um process in place and it doesn't have to be a pandemic it could be a hurricane a tornado you know you, go start, you know yep. sandy you know um how does how does that disruption how do we think about that in the future um, so there's a really lots and lots of opportunities for the organization to really evaluate, but taking where we are today and assume that this is the new normal, this is the new frontier and how do we progress from there? Well, that's what, you know, FM and workplace leaders are good at if, if yeah. they're following the, the training they've received and, and a lot of the certifications, whether it's through IFMA or a pro FM, it, it, these are, these are methodolog method methodologies and, and strategies and, um, you know, I'm not good at that. I'm, I'm a fly by the seat of your pants type of guy. You know me, you're, you're the one sitting down, <laughs> writing down notes and thinking about things in advance. That's why you're in the position you're in. And I'm the one, uh, you know, with, with Darth Vader figurines in my, uh, uh, <laughs> workplace here. Just, just but, me. I, yeah. Go ahead. So I don't, I don't, you, I'm just going to say, but, but I'm so happy to be part of this community where they, where I, where I talk to people who, are, are strategic thinkers and they're and they are thoughtful taking their time and and with the organization and their and the people uh in mind that's what it's all about it's it's always been about the people not the buildings and anybody with a strategic facility management view has always put the occupants first and uh yes they have expertise in running the facility managing the the infrastructure that's essential and but that safe environment, creating a place where people can bring their best selves to worth, work, you know, feel safe, feel secure, feel uh, comfortable. And uh, that's something that we've been talking about for years. And now it's time for 
you know, FM and real estate leaders to really shine and, and leverage the expertise they have work together again across those departments, add in HR, as you mentioned, the IT folks, all these tools that maybe were being considered or, or thought about, but, you know, we couldn't quite get over the hurdle of the budgeting requirements or proving the ROI. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. it's like the automation tools and some of the touch-free technologies out there, you can't afford not to. You have to do these things, I think, now to, to create an environment that people will feel safe going back to. So, so it's, it's an interesting time and it's, it is, I don't want to call it an exciting time. I, I want to be careful again, we're, we are living in a pandemic where people are ill, people are fighting this disease. People continue to, you know, sadly die from it and those numbers will continue to rise. But I think we're all in a place where we've been kind of toughened up, you know, that our skin has been, been hardened a little bit by or calloused a little bit by the news. And now it's like, as, as most of us, you know, want to find a solution, help us, help us do what we can. What can I control? What can my organization do to get us back on track while living in this new frontier of the fact that we have to live with COVID-19 out there as part of the, the risk that's just in our, in our world, we have to manage it. And what can we do yeah. to do that? Yeah, no, and just take a take on what you were just saying, just a little snippet at the beginning of what you were just saying. It's 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 a really vital point. Is there's so many people who are giving time, who are sharing their thoughts, who are being leaders to the workplace community that, you know, I'm so grateful, right? You and I, as you mentioned, we're such a fortunate position that we're able to communicate and talk with these these really smart, bright people who are oh, at the sure. forefront of everything that's going on, you know, and that's why, you know, I'm so happy that, you know, you here representing yourself and I office. Um, and then the contributors to open source workplace who are given their time at no cost, sharing their ideas, um, giving guidance to the community. Um, and I'm so grateful for them. And it's, it's, I'm so happy that, um, that these guys are doing this. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just I hope people get value from it. But uh, one, of the, one yeah. of the folks who, uh, who we both know, Andrew Mawson, I don't know if you saw, he was published in Forbes. Um, I did not. Yeah, he was published in Forbes. Uh, it's not his first one, and uh, I'm sure he'll be modest about it with his wry smile as, as, as he sort of uh, listens to this. But it's all about the brain's journey to the post-coronavirus uh, uh, normal. And it's okay. all about, so how do we, and, and, and he's, he's wonderfully explaining and articulating human and why humans like their comfort. And we, yes. we move away from fear. We love safety. And today we've created this new safety. So how do you then, how does the brain then react to the thought of going into the office? And he, he runs through the whole process of you do a day in the life journey of an individual. How does the brain react to those different events and those different experiences? And how do you bring those people to a new comfort? If you want people to go back to the office, you have to put it in safety. You have to make them feel safe. People will want to work from home because at home they are in that safe environment. So we'll put a link to his article. Um, in the show notes, but uh, it's a great article. I encourage people to read it. Yeah. That reminds me too, that walking through it mentally and then doing it in real life is going to be the, the key to this. You have to experience it. And, and the more we experience it, like the reps, like Ken says, you know, the more you do the reps, the more, the more it becomes just a yeah. natural thing and you get more comfortable with it and the pain goes away slowly. Here's an example. I just got a email survey yesterday from my favorite movie theater chain, the Alamo Draft House. Are you familiar with Alamo? Did we talk about Alamo? No. So they're based in Texas. They came out of Austin, but they've got a couple locations here in Northern Virginia, the DC area. And 
it is the greatest business model for movies. State of the art, you know, projection, sound, great comfortable seats, and they serve food and drink throughout the presentation. I, I knew it was going to be one of yeah. those. I just you know it's it. coming there, right? Oh yeah. Unlimited popcorn, you know, you can actually order beer and wine, but also just great food. The food quality is excellent. So it's a restaurant inside a movie theater. And anyway, they've been closed down, obviously, as everyone else has for the last uh, month and a half. And they just sent a survey saying, what would it take for you to feel comfortable? Because they have to put in the parameters that the government's going to say are necessary, the, the distancing and so forth. So that means for them closing off a certain number of seats when I reserve or book a space for, for me and my family, they can't sell seats around there. So some of the questions are, would you be willing to pay a, a minimum food uh, you know, charge per seat? Mm. And for me, that's easy because we spent that money anyway. So I'm like, sure. But then there are some just practical questions. And these are the same type of questions we'll have to face in the workplace. Do you need to see the, all the uh, employees at the theater wearing masks? How, how critical is that to you? you know, required? It'd be nice to have, not that big a deal, don't care. So it's like absolutely gonna need to see the, the staff wearing masks as, as part of the protocol. Uh, what, what about testing and taking your temperature as you walk in the door? What about knowing that the employees are being tested actually for coronavirus? Is that something that will be part of the routine? Um, what about in the lobby? What about, it's, it's just interesting and maybe you could address this because a lot of their questions were, would you be willing to sign a code of conduct as part of your ticket purchase, would you be able to say part of the code of conduct for coming into the theater is I agree to wear a mask or I agree to, to not, you know, get in other people's space because you're hearing about these stories of people who just, I'm going to, I'm going to bold my way into a store and not wear a mask because I don't think it's necessary. And then all of a sudden they make everybody else uncomfortable and unsafe. What if you have it as part of the requirement just to, to buy a ticket and get in is to say, I, I will, uh, comply with these safety measures. And uh, that puts the burden on, on individuals to do their job, but it also gives the, the facility or the uh, theater the right to remove someone who doesn't. And I, I hate to see that type of forceful removal, but they've always had a policy of no, you know, no talking and no cell phones during the theater. They make a big joke about it, but if they get a management, gets a complaint about a noisy table or someone being loud and obnoxious, they'll remove them from the theater without a refund. It's part of their policy. So just something to think about as we, we apply a lot of these things and protocols to the workplace, how do we get you know, people to comply and, and how do you do it in a way that human beings will, will um, buy into? Have you, you know, is that, does that no, ring as, true as I think about yeah. As I think about the movie theaters, um, movie theaters are renowned for being one of the, the worst environments to be in for transfers of, um, particles viruses call it what you want they are like the worst because of the viruses get into the material it sits in the seats and so on and so forth so so i mean obviously it's everyone's decision that's just my own personal viewpoint and it's not something that i would be willing to go back to anytime soon it just isn't um and i and i imagine that they will require people to sign waivers so that liability is transferred over because that's how the business has to operate because if someone does catch a virus then how do they protect themselves and i imagine that is and i think many businesses many operations and operators uh business operators will uh will, will actually have the same thing um in play where waivers will need to be signed to transfer that liability which which i understand um, and I think that's where each individual then has the ability to make the decision for themselves as you evaluate and you run through these processes 
I'll be interested to see uh, what, where you land with this, Mike, because they may have yeah. your the latest movie there for you to watch, and you'll be like, Ooh. well, maybe it's yeah. my optimism and my pie in the sky fantasy ideas, but boy, wouldn't it be nice if people would just, you know, do what it's do what's best for everyone, not just the, their selfish concern, but let's all let's all get. I think we would all be in a better place if we if we just thought of others and and had more of a, a patience and and uh, willingness to think of others first, you know, so those, those fights you hear breaking out over masks, if you're just, just put a, put a face covering on of some kind, just to protect the others in, in the what's store, in the theater, or, in the yeah. workplace. Let's, let's but just what's unfortunate is, but what's unfortunate, Mike, is there's one person who has done one thing and that's what you hear about. There are probably thousands of other people who are being socially responsible, thinking of everybody. But unfortunately what we hear in the media is that one person. Yeah. Um, and it may be more than one person, but in essence, that's the story we hear. And then that's where True. the connotation gets linked to everything. And, and that's where people get concerned. So I think the media has a lot to do with it. And I think people are feeling more responsible and more have more empathy with each other. And I think that's, I think that's what uh, this thing we're going through is actually bringing out in, in most people. So I think Good. we want to Remember Good reminder. Well. Thanks for reminding me of that. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't want to buy into the hype of, of all the negativity out there. So yeah. thanks for yeah. sending me off on a good note here, Steve. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day, Mike, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day for everyone who's watching. Please remember to uh, to like, subscribe, and uh, leave comments and questions for us. Uh, if not, we'll see you tomorrow. See you later.